Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today's sponsor is Audible with an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more. Get a free audiobook with a 30-day trial at audible.com slash bballbreakdown. Will the Kyrie Irving trade go through? Did the Cavaliers improve enough to beat the Warriors? How screwed is Nerland's Noel? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. We are back. We meaning me and Dave Dufour, NBA, at Dave Dufour NBA. Dave, <laughs> uh, it's been too long. Um, I guess our beef yeah. is now over, and we've now been able to get past whatever this mythical thing that was that caused us to miss two weeks. Well, we had our emoji fight. That's that's what it was. We yeah. were It was a lot of eyeballs, a lot of flex, and a lot of Longing. fist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, well gonna, you know, your vacation really just, uh, you know, yeah. made, it, made it difficult to come together. And also nothing was happening. That's Has anything true. happened? Yes, so nothing was happening. My vacation, I hope it, you can hear it in my voice that I have a pep in my step. Uh, it was very relaxing. I still have, I've been able to, you know, when you, you come back and you get, you're driving around the city and it's dirty and it's, it's, you can feel the stress slowly coming back. And I haven't quite got there yet. I've been able to maintain my, my stress-free environment. I've had, uh, we had our editor-in-chief, Jesse Blanchard, over for uh, several nights staying here and uh, having some good times. We missed you for a nice steak dinner at, at uh, Taylor Steak, but we'll do that next time you're here. Which will be in a couple of days. Oh, yeah. So maybe we'll have to do that. We'll throw it together or we'll go somewhere else. But either way. Uh, so, Dave, though, I think it's time now to start talking a little bit about the NBA because we do have something to talk about. Uh, Snotty and I went through a little bit of it on Friday, but uh, there's more to talk about. It's, uh, it's not over with this trade that Kyrie going to the Celtics. What is, um, you know, what is your take on this going so far? Well, so when the trade first happened, my, my initial reaction was, oh, I wonder if Isaiah Thomas's hip is going to be a concern, you know, because he he didn't have surgery. And Danny Ainge at some point this summer, James and I actually talked about this, uh, had mentioned that he he may still need surgery. And I was like, OK, so is he going to pass the physical and is the deal going to get hung up on his physical? Which, by the way, if you're the Cavs, I don't think you turn this deal down. You know, I, I think that you say, I'll still take this because you you're, you have to think long term. You can't just think about one season. And I mean, Jay Crowder and that and that Nets pick are far more valuable both this season and the next season than Isaiah Thomas is. And I mean, if he needs time to recover, you remember, you're playing the long game. You're playing for the for the playoffs or the finals and then for next season in case LeBron leaves. So. I, I still wouldn't turn this deal down. I get that they want more compensation, and that's smart. But I wouldn't, you know, if the Celtics can take this deal back, in hindsight, they may. 
However, I will throw this out there. I think that that came up in the negotiations, and that was one of the big reasons why they even offered the number one pick from the Nets is because of that. And so I can easily see them saying, F you, we already gave you that pick. We, like, they didn't have to give them the number one pick uh, uh, or that pick along with Crowder and Isaiah Thomas and, like, and, and Zizic, Zizic and everybody else. So right. it's like – so I, that would be my argument to why it seemed like a really lopsided deal because of that. And uh, yeah, I think – I don't know. I mean, who knows if that's the case or not, but if it is, then that's kind of BS in the Cavaliers for that, turning this into uh, another negotiation ploy. Uh, unless the hip injury is is much worse than than you know they were told by the Celtics, and, and so you know you get into this real gray area. I mean, and this is where unless you're in the room, you don't really we don't know what's happening. You know, right. we're, we're relying on Woj and we're relying on you know whoever else is breaking news, and so we're kind of getting this these things second or third hand, and and uh, so we don't even know if that was part of the negotiation. I mean, I I really I was impressed that that Kobe Altman who, you know, wasn't even an assistant GM last year, uh, got such a great deal from the Celtics, especially since Danny Ainge has been fantastic at hoarding assets and keeping them and still somehow getting good players. And so it was a great trade for uh, for Cleveland, but it also wasn't a terrible trade for Boston. You know, they get their point guard for the next seven years, right? So, like, that's not a bad thing to get Kyrie Irving. I mean, he's a good player, and he's going to be really great with Brad Stevens. So it's not the worst thing in the world. I still think they overpaid, but it's not like – like I give Cleveland an A, and I think I give Boston a C. It would be an F if they didn't get Kyrie Irving. Does that make sense? Yes, I agree. I mean, I, I think there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's value in both sides. That's why I felt like when, right. I did the, when I did the video, when I was comparing, I'm like, you know what? I know the Celtics gave up a lot, and people want to say that that's a real problem for them. But, man – when you compare, and I listen, Isaiah Thomas had one of the all-time great offensive seasons, you know, for a guard, really, like efficient-wise and the way he did it. But I don't know when I'm looking at the Celtics' offense and picturing uh, Kyrie in it, I think he's going to be even better, you know, if he can buy in and accept what he did. Now Isaiah had the same kind of buy-in, needed to do that as well, and they were able to do that. And so it doesn't. Right. It seems like Brad Stevens will be able to explain to him and show him. But uh, coming off of those handoffs and moving out the ball and like, oh my goodness. Um, I think that that would be that might actually end up making this thing much more balanced than people want to say. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, having had hip surgery at a young age at 37, I know it's not 29. What's the? Uh, it's it's a really bad road to go down, um, and I don't know if you ever. Um, Completely, it's not like you get a, uh, a tendon fix in your knee and then you rehab and you're stronger than you ever were. Uh, I, I worry about that ever, you know, the uh, hip surgery, you know, recovery. I can't even think of anyone else who's had it uh, and, and actually continue to play. Yeah, well, you know, um, I may be letting you know how that goes shortly. I've got a, I've got a hip thing myself, and let me tell you, just walking is uncomfortable. When I try to run, it's it's super uncomfortable, and and this is relatively new, so. Obviously, Isaiah Thomas has got, you know, world-class trainers around him and stuff like that. But if if the Cavs are concerned about the hip, it's a definite issue. He's going to have trouble playing. I mean, he had to, he had to sit out playoff games last year. You know, uh, this is not this is not like a, a regular like it's not like an ankle sprain or something like that. Like this is a what could be a career threatening injury, especially since he's already small, right? Like he's small as it is. He can't afford to lose any athleticism, losing a step at at 29, um, yeah, it, it, it's a difference between being a productive player and maybe not because right. he's not healthy. 
Yeah, and I'm looking at the the injury, the original injury against the Cavs uh, in May that kind of reaggravated it. It's like it wasn't anything really. So that was that's a little bit concerning that it became such a big thing for him. Uh, I kind of need to somehow dig up maybe the original injury he had um, against the Timberwolves, which I don't I don't even know if there's any video on that. We'll have to look it up because uh, you know I don't know the, the kind of you know surgery requiring tends to be wear and tear where you got like a tear in the labrum and you got to deal with that. Um, and I know I had I originally actually at 35 or 36 had arthroscopic arthroscopic surgery to fix the the labral tear and, and clean out the joint and like that lasted me you know it was pretty good for about nine ten months and then it went downhill so fast I needed a, a partial replacement uh, within a year or maybe a year and a half so uh, yeah the surgery definitely should be avoided if you can do it but man you're right it is very painful uh, it makes your life really up because it's painful all the time and yeah, just, uh, it really just sucks standing the up just standing up from a seated position, you know, yeah. it's uncomfortable. And, and so, you know, again, like by, you know, by what we've seen, Isaiah Thomas, a tough dude, got his, got his tooth knocked out, you know, yeah. stuck oh, it he back had in tragedy there. he played through yeah. I and mean, the guy is tough. So, right. Uh, so if anyone can get through it, it'd be him, but like, there's also physical limitations to the human body. And yeah. so and I what think we're that seeing that is, is what they want to, they want a second round pick, right? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I thought sure. I saw that they, they were going to say, oh, I want another, a second round pick. And then I also think I saw that the Celtics were like, no, they don't want, they're not, they're not like, don't plan on us giving you anything more than what we gave you. Right. And, and I wouldn't be shocked if the Cavs are asking for Boston's number one pick next year, which would give, you know, give them the Nets pick next year and like a late, you know, mid yeah. to late 20s. Uh, um, yeah. Basically a second round. Well, almost a second round. Almost basically. a second round. Yeah. But, but, you know, late first round, I mean, there's a lot of good guys in that, in that range. Um, so if you're Cleveland and you're looking at a potential rebuild, it's another asset to trade. And, I mean, same as second-rounder. So, um, I, I mean, I understand – again, I understand if uh, if Cleveland wants more compensation, but I, I I wouldn't press my luck because I would I would want to keep that the existing trade, even with Isaiah Thomas, say, being unavailable for the first, you know, four months of the season. Yeah, yeah. Well, let, okay, well, let's look at it from the Cavaliers' perspective for a second because – uh, you know, let's just pretend that he's healthy or that he gets healthy at some point relatively soon. And now they had Jay Crowder and they had the pick. Did, did, did the Cavaliers get better and then did they get better enough? So I think they got better. I, let's say if Isaiah Thomas is healthy, I think that he and Kyrie, their, their seasons last year were sim- very similar, extremely similar. Um but you get Jay Crowder, who is exactly the kind of guy that the Cavs needed. They don't have any wing defenders. He can still hit spot-up threes. He can he can play some minutes at the four. You don't have to worry about him switching one through four, right? Like, he's not going to die on a switch. Um, and I think that Jay Crowder brings a toughness defensively that they, they just didn't have from anyone last year. And that's huge for them. I mean, you and I, we, we talked about their defense almost every single episode of our podcast, you mm-hmm. know, leading up to the finals. And they finally did something that actually made their defense better. So from that standpoint, I think they did get better. Um, now, on the, on the flip side, did the Celtics get better next year? I don't think so. I don't necessarily – I think they actually have taken a step back by losing Jay Crowder, especially since they also lost Avery Bradley. And, Ky- again, Kyrie and Isaiah are kind of similar. Now, the following season, I think they're better, if that, if that makes any sense at all. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I mean, I can kind of follow that. I mean, briefly about the, the defense and the Cavs, though, is, okay, they did upgrade with Crowder for sure, but they certainly didn't upgrade at the point guard position. No, absolutely not. I mean, 
there the ceiling for the point guard position definitely is lower, but but it's not like Kyrie was this uh you know, he was no Marcus Smart out there on defense. Right. I mean, it, it would be worth looking at because, you know, to mitigate against the Warriors, for instance, you better have, a, you know, Kyrie was able to, to score on, you know, score his, himself. And so the question now is, like, how does Isaiah do against, you know, Curry? Um, and if that's, if that's any different or any better for them or, or the same, because that's really another key. If they can gobble up uh, Isaiah better than they can uh, um, uh, Kyrie, then that's a loss for the Cavaliers, right? They, they, they suddenly don't have the same balance they did before. So, uh, But let's talk about the Celtics because I, I, I think that they did improve enough. But here's the interesting thing is, um, I think, you know what I think the biggest loss for the Celtics was this, this offseason? What's that? Kelly Olynyk. Kelly Olynyk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I really, I don't know. I mean, we saw in the playoffs enough, and we, I, I've seen enough that he's just a – He's a matchup issue when he is playing well, uh, you know, for, for the other team. And um, I don't see anywhere else. They're not, they're not going to replace that. Baines is not going to be that guy for the, for the Celtics now. Um, right. and, you know, and watch. He, he's awesome for the Heat and, like, really, you know, whatever. We'll see. But um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like that was the one X factor. Avery Bradley, okay, he's a great defender. Uh, he's a good, good offensive player. Uh, they could probably get Rozier to develop and sort of cover that. And they got Kyrie and, and Hayward for sure to cover that anyway. Um, but man, like they don't have it on their Olympic. No, well, you know, you and I have, we're very, uh, we're pro consistency in your organization, right? Like continuity is important. The more guys play together, usually the better off your team is. Yeah. You know, this is why the Spurs have had, you know, they've got that corporate knowledge, so to speak, even though there aren't many guys left from their last championship, there are a couple, but there, there's been, they've been pretty consistent with their teams throughout the years. And I think that that stuff's important. Boston's only bringing back four players from last yeah. year. And I think that that's, that's tough, man, especially with a coach like Stevens where, you know, it, it's not just stand around and watch, which that's – it's an easier – it's the Cavs are an easier system to fit someone into because most guys are standing around watching and just waiting to shoot. Boston, you, you kind of need to know what's happening, and I think that stuff takes a while. I, I expect them to struggle a little bit the first three months. I think it's going to take them a little bit to figure it out. They may still win games just because of all the talent they have, but but it's going to be – it's not going to be this smooth transition like the Warriors, right? Yeah, I agree. I mean, you can argue that, like, at least Hayward played for Stevens before and is probably somewhat familiar, even though I doubt much of the stuff is the same now as it was then. But there's something there. There's at least a, there's a, there's a relationship, at least. So, right. so yeah, but you're right. I mean, that, that is the biggest issue where uh, I, I would think it would be unprecedented to see a team go deep in the playoffs having that much turnover, uh, you know, and, 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 and it could happen, but it, does, it definitely seems, you know, unlikely. Right. You know what else isn't unlikely, though? What is that? If you get Audible and listen to audiobooks, uh, it's a great way to catch up on everything you're doing on the summer because, um, you know, uh, I don't know. Have you ever tried Audible? Yeah, actually, I, I love Audible. Um, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. You and I, were, we were just talking about this. I'm planning my big van trip going up to Canada. I'll be doing like 5,000 miles in three weeks. And, uh, you know... I listen to podcasts, of course, but when I'm on these trips, I like to listen to books. And so I, my Audible subscription gets worn out when I'm on these big road trips. And, and I try to, uh, you know, in 5,000 miles, 90 hours or so of driving, I'll probably chew through three or four books. And, yeah. you know, I just, I love it. Maybe I'll listen to the Lord of the Rings 
audiobook since you uh, just recommended it to me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and if, any, if you guys are listening, go to audible.com slash bballbreakdown. You can get a free audiobook with a 30-day trial uh, by heading over to that URL and checking it out. I was listening to um, the uh, Cavaliers book with David Meneman and Windhorst, and it's uh, really insightful. And it gives us a lot of insight into the dynamics of the team, uh, which we can talk about in a second about, you know, Kyrie and why he wanted to leave. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I listened to David Byrne uh, from Talking Heads, uh, which is a really great one on the way to Vegas and back. Um, so, yes, uh, it is a really great product, and you definitely should download it. Audible.com slash bballbreakdown will get you a free book, free audiobook, uh, with a 30-day uh, trial. So, uh, without question, definitely check that out. And um, let's talk about that for a second, about Kyrie, because uh, I had this sort of notion. Did you listen to KD on the Simmons podcast? I did. So there was a, I mean, it's brief, but there's a second there. And on the McMenamin podcast I did last week or whatever it was, two weeks ago, we were talking, in the middle of the conversation, I had this notion of like, you know, there's some similarities between Kyrie wanting a trade and then KD wanting to leave. Now, right. part of it would be just me like shitting on uh, Russ and shitting on LeBron and saying like, I can see why people want to leave the, them. But uh, you heard KD talk about the word structure. Right. What do you think he was talking about when he said structure as if he felt like maybe Kyrie was looking for more structure or maybe like KD himself was looking for more structure? Well, okay, so think about LeBron when he was in Miami and the the environment that they run down there. And when he left Miami, there was a lot of thought that he would be carrying that with him. But it seemed like he it was more that he was trying to escape that situation and go to a place where he had a little bit more control. And we're all about player empowerment here right i mean we, we we both agree with this these 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 guys are the product they should be in control of their careers and their lives and all these things but it does trigger situations like the one with Kyrie, right like there was a lot uh, allegedly a lot of resentment between Kyrie and and lebron or at least from Kyrie toward lebron uh when Kyrie sa- signed his contract extension the idea was he was going to be the number one guy and that doesn't I, I don't know if he cares as much about on the court, but off the court, that stuff matters. And now LeBron comes. LeBron has his guys. They're coming on the team playing. Kyrie's guys aren't coming on the team playing. Um, LeBron kind of dictates just about everything. The, the entire schedule revolves around LeBron. When are we practicing? <laughs> what sets are we running? You know what I mean? Everything in the organization re- revolves around LeBron. And if you consider yourself a star, a star player, as Kyrie does, then I can understand how that could could get old pretty quickly. You know, um, you know, we've talked quite a bit about the difference between being a star and being a superstar player, right? Like Kyrie mm-hmm. is is clearly a popular player uh, among people in the league and also fans. I mean, he, he's got a number two selling shoe. He's got a top five selling jersey. And that's huge for your ego, especially if you're not treated that way within your organization, then yeah, I can understand him being a little bit upset. I don't believe the reports that he went dazed without talking to teammates. See, I, I just don't. Anything I've heard about Kyrie Irving just doesn't lead me to think that that's that that's true. That, that sounds like some, uh, you know, kick the guy on the way out, sort of like the Isaiah Thomas stuff, where, you know, that that those reports came out. Okay, I mean, you know, listen, we got it from a pretty reliable source, and so I, he wouldn't just report it without, uh, you know, without backing that up or checking it. But okay, maybe, um, you know, he could have been sulking. He could have just been focused, and that would his—that's his way of being like, hey, 
don't you know it's like when a pitcher is in a, is throwing a no hitter and no one talks to him I mean, I mean you know maybe that's what he was doing who knows um, but getting back to the you know the specific notion of structure to me it meant especially for a point guard um, you know I have to sense that there was some issue on the court with LeBron controlling so much like the offensive play calls where right. you know and, and other players might not bother them that much if they were a, a shooting guard or a center or whatever right but if it's the point guard of all places right that that just seemed to me one thing where he was like and so that notion of structure to me almost sounded like they needed a, a coach who wanted to have more uh of a team concept or you know team concept the shots sure. that Kyrie makes are very very difficult they're very exciting they're very difficult and I think that it was the same with KD and they both recognize a world out there which is why when you saw Kyrie's request for teams they were teams that mostly had like good motion and the sharing of the ball, and not like like not four thirty five percent usage rates for their their star players. And so, um, yeah, I, that's what I was I kind of think he was trying to say. And I feel like that yeah, there's a real interesting uh, connection there between why they wanted to leave. And you know, I, I don't want to shit on the, on the teammates that they left, but I think it does speak whether it maybe loudly or maybe softly, but I think it does speak a little bit to, um, you know, to Russ and to LeBron. That said, LeBron is, a, you know, he, he passes the ball, right? He right. certainly is not a, an unwilling passer, but it is a different thing compared to Chris Paul, I think. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, Actually, you know what? It might not be that different than Chris Paul, right? Yeah, because Chris Paul is going to pound the leather out of the ball. Now, he is eventually giving the ball up. And uh, actually, they're kind of the same guy a little bit, I think. Who? Chris Paul and, and LeBron, you know, like in the yeah. abstract, you know, they're both going to handle the ball quite a bit and then they're going to make one pass. That's Russell Westbrook also. Weird. Uh, you would think more guys would want to play with those guys because they're superstar players. It's weird how that works out. So are we, do you, oh, you think, okay, so let's talk about that. Is there, is there a list of, man, I wouldn't pick him up in, in the company picnic? Um, you know, but it's weird because I would pick LeBron. I feel like LeBron is a fun guy to play with. I just think that you have to be comfortable just not touching the basketball a lot. Yeah, so that's, right. And then when you do touch it, like out of rhythm, whatever, you better make it. <laughs> right. You know, you'll be open, but you better yeah, make it either way. That's tricky. See, so, you know, and this goes back to the Miami thing, right? Like, to me, LeBron in Miami, that was the best LeBron. He was moving the basketball, moving without the basketball, which he doesn't do now. Um, and he was playing defense. I mean, he was – look at – I mean, he didn't he shoot like 60% one year? I mean, it's just incredible, right? Like, I mean, he was fully unlocked. He had guys that he totally respected and trusted. You know, the D-Wade influence I thought, I thought right. was really important for him there. Um, and, and that still took a year, at least a year. It did. It did. But those last three years, I mean, they were just incredible. And so, you know, I, I wonder if if maybe if Kyrie was a little bit more established when LeBron came back, if uh, if we might have a different story. Um, ah, but, maybe. Um, uh, maybe. It's also the age thing. LeBron clearly tried to take a sort of a father role. Right. And, they, and yeah. they'd ask Kyrie about that. And he would, he wasn't having it at all. Yeah. And uh, he already had a dad. You know, he made right. that clear. Um, and so and I think not that much older than Kyrie. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like he's like he's 36 and Kyrie's a, a rookie. 
Right. So yeah. So that. But you could tell there was always that thing. Even when like in the when Kyrie went off in the uh, in Game Four against the Celtics, and I, I was actually at that at that press conference, and he just started talking about we've been waiting for him to blossom and whatever. And, I, and if I were, I you know I went back and watched it. It wasn't as bad like you know six months later watching it, but. I remember at the time, it almost felt like, what do you mean Blossom? The dude won game seven for you on a shot that was, you know, and if he didn't do that, you're, not, you're going away without a, a title. Um, right. and, a fully and yet, guy. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, there just seems like there's that notion where, and I, so I get it. That's another reason why Kyrie would have been like, I don't want to be here. Now, if Tim Duncan, okay, if Kyrie signed that contract, right, and whatever, and like yeah. Tim Duncan joins the team, he, it, it's a totally different thing, right? Another, any other superstar besides LeBron probably doesn't doesn't have that dynamic, right? Well, I mean, again, it's like we talked about. I mean, LeBron is essentially a point guard. He's just, you know, yeah, a, a gigantic human being. So, like, that's that's the difference is that they were really trying to play with two point guards, and and LeBron is going to touch the basketball because LeBron's better. I mean, to be fair, LeBron should touch the basketball more than Kyrie Irving. Like, I don't right. think anyone's even disputing that. But I can understand from Kyrie's standpoint, if you see yourself as a number one guy, I can understand your frustration playing next to LeBron. Yeah, and and, and then also, and, and the off the course that you mentioned as well, is it's it's very specific to LeBron, the way he wants to run his business and have his people around and, and control media and control all that stuff. And that's why, you know, Pat Riley's words as he was leaving Miami, you know, I think Pat Riley was, was talking the truth. You know, he probably knew that it didn't matter if he burned the bridge because he was already gone. Uh, but I think what, and it wasn't maybe necessarily sour grapes. I think it was, you know what, we didn't let you run everything you wanted to do. And we were able to get the most out of you because of that. And here we are. Now, the problem with LeBron now is the, the mo- getting the most out of him now does, is it requires probably the kind of energy he doesn't really have as much anymore or wants right. to give out until like, the very specific moments. And so that's the other issue, right? Because you still got to play those games with your teammates. Yeah, you're not getting that LeBron until the playoffs. And I mean, he was he was amazing during the playoffs, but you're just not regular season. You're just not going to get that LeBron. Right. And as a result, they don't have. So do they have the KD stopper now? And I guess Jay Crowder, because obviously that's going to be the only hope they have because it ain't going to be LeBron. Right. I think I mean, Jay Crowder is a guy you can throw at KD. I don't think there's no one who can stop KD. Nobody. You just can't. Right. You can make him work. Right, you can make him work, but you're not going to stop him. Right. And, and the thing is, even when you make him work, like he can hit tough shots like nobody else. I mean, it's just KD is inc- incredible. You know, I, I refer to him as a seven foot alien sent to this planet to destroy the NBA. And I mean, that's basically what he's turned into. Um, you know, James and I have talked quite a bit about KD next season. You know, a lot of guys come off that that their first championship and then they get that bump in play. Like Ky- uh, uh, Kyrie, sorry, uh, Steph Curry. Did that, you know, they won the the title, and then uh, you know he comes up and he has that incredible season, possibly the greatest uh, statistical offensive season in NBA history, and uh, and you know then they lose in the in the finals. But still, uh, we wonder if KD has like a next level. Um, so the other th- the other big thing that's happened is that Nerlens Noel signed his qualifying offer, right, and that. Man, you want to talk about worst of both worlds. I mean, it's bad for him and it's bad for Dallas. And you just have to wonder, like, what's going on with that relationship? 
Yeah, or you have to wonder, well, I mean, we don't have to wonder that much as far as why he didn't was able to sign a better contract. It's primarily because of last year's offseason, right? And then with no cap smoothing, this now New Orleans Noel is the poster child for why, in earnest, the owners told them this would be better for everybody if you did it. And I don't think they know the players simply didn't trust him, didn't believe him, got bad information, whatever you want to call it. And uh, it's really too bad because, you know, and he's not the only one, but I think, yeah, he's got to be the top of the list of the guys who should have been who should have made $17 million a year. Even though he might not have even earned it, right? I don't know if he's earned right. it yet, but you know, there's potential certainly. And now he's going to make what four? Uh, yeah, he signed a qualifying offer for four point one million. You know, this, but this is—it's indicative of how restricted free agency has kind of changed in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that the Nets don't have all this excess money to throw at guys, <laughs> uh, you know, because they got Alan Crabb, um, it's—it's uh, it's a different world for restricted free agents. I mean. Uh, uh, What's his name? Plumley. Um, Mason Plumley is mm-hmm. still sitting out there, and and you know I don't I don't know if Denver has rescinded their qualifying offer on him yet, but I wouldn't be shocked if they did because I don't know if they want him or need him. Um, but yeah, restricted free agency has just totally changed. Uh, we saw it a couple years ago with, with it's kind of started with like Nikola Pekovic, where he sat out there until mid August and then finally resigned at a at a bit of a discount. And uh, this, for sure, is the is the most extreme example. A guy like Nerlens Noel, who, you know, this time last summer we're talking, he's getting a max. You know, yeah. that's why he was dealt. He's getting a max, um, and he's a perfect fit in Dallas next to Dennis Smith Jr. and and with Dirk. Oh yeah. So from a fit standpoint, it makes sense. But it just seemed like they couldn't work out a deal that was amenable to everyone, and. Uh, you know, I feel bad for him because he's betting on a market that probably isn't going to be there next summer. You oh, know? I know. This is the problem, right? This is going to hurt him, uh, hurt all these free agents for at least another summer, right? Yep. Uh, I would imagine like maybe th- yeah, a solid three summers. And uh, in, 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 and by the way, this is sort of like, is Kevin Durant a snake? And he will he always be remembered a snake? Uh, it was just a confluence of events. It never would happen to any other summer for the history of the NBA except for that one moment where he lost and the Warriors lost and they had all that cap space and they could make it work. Um, really quickly, I was arguing um, on Twitter about this. I feel like the you know Americans' um, memories are very short. I feel like in five, six, seven years, people are going to forget about those circumstances and just sort of point to how great he is and he's probably going to have several championships under his belt. Don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, okay. Absolutely. Okay, there will be a very small group who will never forget the, the, the Thunder fans, right? Right. Yeah, you know. but... I- I don't know, man. Like, it's weird to me when when people who pay attention to to the league um, hold that kind of stuff against guys. I don't know. Uh, you know, we've talked about this quite a bit. Like, I would never knock, uh, you know, Eric Schmidt for leaving Google and going to Apple. Like, it, it, you know, nobody would. And right. so, I don't understand why you would knock Kevin Durant, especially since it was an upgrade in in every single way. You know, like you normally you're rooting for people to to do better at their job and, you know, like get advanced and, you know, like he won a championship. Come on, man. Like let the guy do his thing. Um, but mostly yeah. I think it's just OKC people. And I, I like how KD was like, well, uh, uh, Simmons asked him if he was still friends with Russ and he goes, yeah, like we don't talk to each other, but I'm sure we're friends or maybe, maybe they talk now, but they, they weren't talking for a while. And I found that interesting too, because well, you know, friends is a pretty general <laughs> term. Well, I, they I were never like best friends, right? Like, I mean, that was the one thing that, that I think we all knew is that it wasn't like they were hanging out after games or anything like that. You know, they, they were friendly and friends 
because they play together or whatever, but sort of like Jordan and Pippen, right? Like they were never best friends. That was never right. a thing. Um, and, and it's it's okay for those guys to not be best friends. And, you know, like Russ, for, from everything I've read, Russ is like a – he's a family-oriented guy. Like he doesn't go out. Like he's – when he's at, uh, at home uh, for games, like he just goes home and he hangs out with his wife and now, you know, he's got a baby. So, um, yeah, like I, I, I don't know. I wasn't surprised by that at all. And, and the beef stuff, like I was more surprised that Kevin Durant was playing pickup with uh, Ennis Cantor than any anything just because of how they kind of were getting into it on the court but again part of that is when you're on the court you're you're one way i get i i can i can wrap my head around that so um but yeah but back to nerlens I, I think that you know it's a bummer and and this is not a guy that's got a you know clean injury history he's dealt with you know knee trouble and ankle trouble and all kinds of stuff and so you know it's a hell of a risk on his part i mean $4.1 million in the NBA is just not a lot of money. And, uh, you know, he could be looking – if he doesn't have a good season or if he gets hurt, he might be looking at a minimum type make good offer next summer. Yeah, you know? and, yeah. I mean, or, or the opposite. Or, or somewhere in between. I mean, he so, could end up doing about, what, 11 points, 8 rebounds, a block and a half a game, maybe he plays 26 minutes, you know, and then, you know, he gets a better contract, right? Like, you know, somewhere in the middle of there too. I mean, there's a lot of different things that could happen, I suppose – um, is he going to start at center for them? Is that what's going to happen here? Yeah, he should. He should okay. be starting. Yeah, with with Dirk at the four. Um, and you know, I'm really excited for that Dennis Smith, Nerlens Noel pick and roll. Oh, it's gonna yeah. Be so th- and you can have Dirk on the weak side waiting to spot up and whatever, and then have, exactly. have him post. Yeah. No. Well, they, they, what, about, car- what about a Spain pick and roll with Dirk and Nerlens? Yeah. Nerlens is the dive man, and and Dirk popping out. Yeah. And you've also got Dennis Smith there going to the hoop and he's elite at drawing fouls and finishing. Oh, so yeah. that that's a pick your poison type. They may surprise even me this year just because of how good I think Dennis Smith's going to be from day one. Yeah. And by the way, if that's the case, then, you know, the Western Conference is going to have a weird juggling act, you know, at the bottom of the, of the conference. And, you know, as we think that some people are going to get better, are going to make the playoffs or whatever, that means that someone drops down. And then you right. got to figure out, well, okay, who's that going to be? Because you'd probably say right away, oh, Dallas is probably, but they're not, they're probably not. You know, they're going to, that means they move up. Uh, you know, who moves down between the Clippers, Jazz, Thunder, Grizzlies, Blazers? I think the Clippers and Jazz are probably going to both take a step back this year. Um, I don't know. This is going to be something interesting when we do our, our prediction and preview show. Like, this is going to be an interesting thing to talk about because I'm also, I'm not as high on Minnesota as anybody else. Like, I'm, I think Jimmy Butler is fantastic, but they don't have any shooters around him. So, so I don't know. I think Minnesota is in that six, seven, eight range, not that three, four, five range like a lot of people. So, yeah. I think that that's the more interesting topic. I don't, I don't think Dallas is going to make the playoffs, but I think that they're going to do better than than people expect. Right. Well, I mean, look at it this way. You know, the the fifth seed or the four, the sixth seed won forty seven games. Minnesota won 31. So is Jimmy Butler going to represent 16 games of, of an increase, you know? Right. And, and you know, I don't know. And then Jeff Teague, right? Yeah. They're going to have to defend. That's their biggest. That was their biggest problem last year is, you know, Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins just are not good at defense. Right. And can, can Jimmy Butler and Taj Gibson sort of come in there and change the culture a little bit and get these guys to defend? I mean, Jeff Teague is not – he's not quite a turnstile, but he's also – he's not Ricky Rubio on defense. Um, right. So yeah, it's going to be. I don't uh, know, Jeff Teague is 
He might not be a turnstile, turnstile, but maybe he's like a revolving door. <laughs> I don't know. He's he's somewhere between. Uh, I don't know. Uh, he's not great either, but they're definitely ten games better, right? Oh um, yeah, I would think they're they're at least a five hundred team, and yeah. and of course you know in any season you can get a swing, right? Like right. Um, Portland is a five hundred team, or they were a five hundred team that won fifty games two years ago. Right? Yes, but so. they now have Nurkic for the Again. whole season. Yeah, they're going to save be their season. Yeah, they're going to be interesting. Yeah, and that's so I'm telling you, someone's going to surprise the shit out of us in the in the down way, like who's not yeah. going to win. Uh, right. I, 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 it could be the, the Clippers. So I am so intrigued by the Clippers, the Jazz too. It's like this is the, the Western Conference is is it, it's never been harder than now. No I feel man, like. no, it's boring because the, we already know the Warriors are going to win the title. So why why even play the season, right? That's that's I, I hate that freaking argument man like yeah. no this stuff is this stuff is fun it's awesome like yes we know that the, we, we go into every season knowing like three or four teams have a shot at the title realistically and that's it it doesn't make like i'm very interested how is donovan mitchell gonna you know how how long is it gonna take him to supplant ricky rubio as a starter wow right? you know what i mean like is that gonna happen Maybe. how is ricky how are they gonna figure out the ricky rubio rudy gobert pick and roll right <laughs> you know, I mean, they'll, I love they'll just keep backing up. <laughs> yeah, so. um, yeah, you're right. That that is an interesting thing. But hey, Rodney Hood, Mama, that's, I'm gonna, that's my mantra. So, um, 25 points a game, right? Yeah, right. Well, let's see, that's what your prediction was, right? He's at least he's at least 20. Oh yeah, I, I, he'll do the um, he will do the um, Harrison Barnes, right? Right. Yep. The usage will go up, and and he'll get he'll get more right. points. And yeah, by the like way. CJ'd. That, that that's the other thing about Dallas is Harrison Barnes should also improve with Dennis Smith out there running the show. I Absolutely. mean, you know that, that should that should do something to him. And then then you have Seth Curry who can play off ball a little bit more. They could find ways to get him in that Patty Mills role. Yeah. Oh my God! You yeah. just talked me into the Dallas Mavericks making the uh, semifinals. They're gonna be they're gonna be fun, man. Like again, they may not be great. They may not make the playoffs, but they're they're gonna be a tough team to play, and they're gonna be fun to watch. I mean. Dennis Smith, I, I'm just so high on Dennis Smith. I, I just think that, like, in case everyone hasn't known this for the last, you know, four months, uh, I think that he is going to be the best player out of this draft class. And I think that Dallas got a steal at number nine, and he's perfect for their their system. I, I just think he's perfect. And Carlisle is probably going to love him because that guy's a dog. Like, he wants to go out there and win every game. Like, there's no coasting on his part. Yeah. Pick up, practice. All that, and that's the kind of guys that Carlisle loves. So he should get minutes. You're just, you know, you're just depressing the Bulls fans more and more now as they realize they passed up Dennis Smith, and they also, you know, compared to the Kyrie deal, if it ends up going through, what they got for Butler, right? Like, it seems kind of not a good enough deal. Terrible. So, Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. I was actually talking to a Bulls fan about this last night. Well, it was nice knowing you, Garpax. Yeah, right. Those guys are bulletproof, man. <laughs> They're not losing their job. I guess so. they'll, I fire mean, Ho- they'll fire Hoiberg and then, you know, firing the coach is always the first salvo, right? Yeah, I guess we'll see. Well, I can't fire you from this podcast because it's too good. And uh, I can't nice. thank you enough for coming on again and, and getting us back into the swing of things. I don't think there was any rust to you. No, not at all. I think we were ready to roll. Yeah, so I know that's an interesting midday recording. So on, on a Sunday, so uh, we were a little bit more chipper, perhaps. And so you know, again, great stuff. Don't forget to check out Audible.com/slash Bball Breakdown. And I don't think I have to really spell it for everybody, right? They all know how to spell Bball Breakdown, right? 
I, I would hope so. Yes, two I mean, Bs. We've, we've got a we've got a highly educated audience. Yes, two Bs, uh, so, two yeah. Ls, and then yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, and uh, don't forget to check out my podcast on the NBA with Dave DeFore and subscribe to it and all that jazz. And then don't forget to go on iTunes and leave a review for this podcast. Oh yeah, that's that would be nice. And then uh, oh, yeah. by the way, so as Jesse Blanchard was in town, we had a really great creative meeting this morning about what we want to do with the, with the uh, the website. And we have a really cool idea we're going to develop here, which will be I'll just throw it out here. Why not, right? Um, we are going to get specific writers to cover like specific teams and write at least one article a week on them and package that together where you can actually, uh, for sort of a pay-per-view thing, for a couple dollars a month or whatever it's going to be, you can get your uh, eight articles a, week, uh, a month and probably a couple podcasts at least uh, as that as well as a bundle for the Cavaliers or the Warriors. So I think that will be a really interesting idea to really follow along and just sort of focus on one team and have like that uh, a, a focus uh, concentration where you can get your, your straight news uh, and, and analysis that way. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll, I guess I'll probably have to subscribe to all 30. Yeah, well, we're, well, we're only going to do it like three teams. We're going to try and roll oh, it out okay. slow. You know, okay, you can't smart. find, you know, we're not SB Nation yet. <laughs> so <laughs> at any rate, we don't, yeah, but then again, we pay our writers. SB yep, Nation does not. Right. That's right. That's even, right. Even I, anytime mission that statement debate is, comes they pay up. everybody. What's that? Yeah. Anytime that 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 conversation comes up, I always throw your name out there because, again, uh, B-Ball Breakdown, one of the few places that pays every writer, yep. every single one. If you write something for B-Ball Breakdown, you're getting paid. And to me, that matters. Like, um, I, I just think that this idea that, you know, you've got to you got to come out and you got to work for free. You know, before you make it, I just think that that's garbage and it's kind of elitist. And, uh, you know, you got to be really privileged to be able to spend the amount of time and especially like the stuff that's being written at B-Ball Breakdown, the amount of time that guys spend on a piece and the research and stuff like that. You know, if a guy was to go unpaid, like that's just that's just bullshit. I'm going to call it out. I, I mean, and, I, I agree with you to some degree, but I also, you know, if you're just starting out and you want a platform and yada, 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 I get it. Uh, but then there's tiers for that. There's like the blog area or like the comment, whatever it is to build yeah. that there. Uh, but you're right. I mean, there, there's certainly, uh, you know, we want the best quality writing we can get. And I always knew that we needed to, to pay for that to make sure we get that. So uh, anybody out there that wants to contribute for us, you know, let give us a shout and we'll, uh, we'll check out your stuff and see if it fits. So yeah. uh, Dave, Thanks, Kip, for coming on the show. This is great. Yeah. Welcome back. Thank you. You too. And I'll see you in a couple days. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll maybe we'll do one in live with, uh, with, with James. Uh, you know, I'll have to try yeah, the tree, comes three up. man. All right. Well, don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel. We're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Dave? Yes, I am. I almost forgot your name. <laughs>